Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Focus. Um, we are back. The Premier League is back. And everybody has played at least one game. Um, so, yeah, I'm here, always, Frank, with David and Sosa. How are you guys doing? We've been great. It's good to be back. No answer. Okay, we are I'm going to start good. straight I'm, up. I'm doing with... great, thank you. How are you, Frank? I'm okay. I'm okay, Sosa. It's good to have the league back. And it's good to be back on the show. It's been way too long. So, let's get right into it. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been too long. Hopefully, we'll be able to do this um, more often. Um, but we are going to start immediately with Manchester United and their terrible start to the season, losing out three one to Wilfred Zaha and Crystal Palace at Old Trafford. Um, so, sir, what, what did you make of the defeat? Was it more Manchester United playing badly or Crystal Palace playing well? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of both, you know. Um, Manchester United really played woeful, and Crystal Palace was able to take you know the lapses in their concentration. Like in that game, I was wondering why did you start coming ahead of Matic because from last season we noticed that Man U played far better with Matic on the pitch in that holding mm. midfielder role because um, Maguire and Lindelof can't really defend on their own. They always need that extra cover and Tomine. He's not willing. He's not solid enough to provide that cover. And for Simensa, on the other hand, he's not. You know, I, I can't. I can't really say much of Simensa's defender. But for one thing, I know that Wan-Bissaka is very good one v one, and I believe he would have been able to curtail or you know handle Zaha more than what for Simensa did. For Simensa was just amazing. Yeah. You know, Zaha at the time of his life, you know, got a brace. So. What I know is that man use defenders. They're not. They're not. It's. Um, I'm surprised they finished third last season. Or we can just say they finished third last season. So that's a tick in the box. But this is a lot they can do much better if they don't strengthen that backline. Now, like, is is a given the way they are defended? They have to start match obviously. Yes. But but it now brings like why did you now sign Van de Beek because where is he going to play? I, I, we talked about this before. Like, is it is it's no longer about the coach because against Luton Town yesterday mm. he played as an attacking midfielder. So I suppose that's his best position. I I, I suppose that's his best. So telling him to play sit along like uh, telling him to sit along Pogba feels like it's it's too deep. You wouldn't want. You wouldn't want him to do that. Obviously, Bruno is not going to sit. And Pogba, even if he's going to sit, you need an extra help. Somebody like Matic or Scott McTominay. I th- I, McTominay had a bad game against Crystal Palace. I think he can do it. But I think he still has a long way to go. His game has not really matured a lot. So, like, so what is Van de Beek now in the team for? You see, that's, that's now the problem is the only person they bought, they can't put mm, they him can't into put the team because, because normally they, they are bad defensive. Because the way they played now, they played them from the big six now, then two eights or so, one ten and Pogba eight or so. That's how they played now. But mm. the way it was, it's like two attacking midfielders now, Bruno and yeah, Pogba, yeah. then Scott McTominay mm-hmm. closer down to the defenders now. That's um, four, uh, rather. For Van der Beek to play there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you see the, mm. you know, like the most likely person to leave, like it's not up to that Pogba. Bruno level is, you know, Scott now. But Van der Beek cannot play in that position. He has to replace Bruno and Pogba. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So I think they bought Exactly. Maybe in case, you know, to take off some minutes of Pogba or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what their plan is. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And, like, I was talking with David before. It's, for me, it's about... It's about coaching at the end of the day because Thiago was not in number four when when Guardiola bought him from um, Baka. It was even when Ancelotti was there. I'm not sure they used him a lot as a number ten. They had Javi Martinez. I, even Kimmich is better off playing as a typical number four. But Hansi Flick played him as a number four, and then they put Goreska be, beside him. So and even Thiago as like as a player is somebody that can handle 
being alone and in that back four because he's very disciplined. He doesn't lose the ball too often. He does things very simple. And when he does the complicated things, he gets away with it. So, now, is it possible to play you know, Van de Beek there? You know, and, like, it's, I, for me, I think it's possible because he does a lot of things. He looks like the kind of person that can tackle and get the ball forward. But it's Maguire and Lindelof yes? about the problem. It would have been possible. Which, you know, if it was a team like Liverpool, mm-hmm. you know Van Dijk and um, probably maybe Gomez or Fabinho now, you know, they can defend on their own without any yeah. help, I see. They can, they can take on it. But, you know, you can, Maguire and Lindelof, they uh, yes, 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 yes. At the, at the moment, so they need the the store in front of them. The... Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and still, still, it still comes down to because apart from that, Liverpool are never really in that kind of. They, they do have situations like that, yeah. but they are never really in that kind of situation because the players they have in midfield are, are almost like they are hard work specialists. Why now, Dom Henderson, Fabinho, Keita. So these are players that you can rely on to come back. Whereas, like like I said about Bayern, like no. Thiago is not someone you would want to play there. But it's all about coaching, like making, t- keeping him like in the mindset that you have to make the right decisions if you're going to play here, knowing that this is a very risky sport. But, but Pogba keeps on making a lot of it's annoying, honestly. He's so good. There are a lot of mistakes he makes. He's not supposed to. How you turn to your right and pass the ball to an opposition? Like, it's annoying. And then you think, okay, obviously, Van de Beek looks like somebody that can do it for me because he, he, he reminds me of Under Herrera. Herrera was an attacking midfielder when he came to Man U. And then when he came, he kept on dropping deep and deep. And eventually, he played number four because he's disciplined. He can just get rid of the ball instantly and he can do those complicated things. So even if Van de Beek can play there and you see the potential of maybe Van de Beek, Pogba, and um, Bruno Fernandes, it now has to be down to the coaching to put them like in situations where you have to know that, okay, you can't leave Van de Beek alone in that four. Because even when Thiago played there, like I said, Goreska always drops deep. So Pogba and Bruno have to have the mindset that if Van de Beek is here, knowing that you have a bad defense, and this is Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich are very good defensively, but knowing that you, man, you, you have a bad defense, when, when, they are, when you're defending, that support has to come immediately. I don't know whether it's something you can get from Pogba. So now, it now boils down to, should Pogba start for Manu? And that's crazy because uh, what he played against Crystal Palace and sometimes the way he plays when he's, when he's bad, like maybe he shouldn't play, to be honest. Because he can be, he can be so good and he can be so bad. It, like he has to find a middle ground. And that's, that's like, yeah, I, I at the end of the day, it might take him out of the team. Is what I think. Because it's the damn game, if you watch the game, they do not want to track back the two of them. Yeah, we know that you're at home or at Old Trafford. You have more people, but that does not yeah. mean you will not defense against Palace, which have had more game time. Obviously, they are more fit. So, I don't see why... I don't... I think, you know, now, mm-hmm. the coach is the problem now. Based on the way it is now. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's one hundred. That's that's just one hundred percent. And and let me let me make another another citation. Like Marcus Rashford is another example. Like before um, Bruno came in January, he was scoring goals. He was playing really well. But I want to make this reference. When Mourinho was in was in my year, there was something Rashford does that made me to like him. Like even when it's not going for him offensively. Like you see him continuously trying to force the issue, maybe running at defenders, making runs. Team is defending. You see him going back. Sometimes he makes bad tackles when he's trying to help the team to defend. Right now, under soldier, he's so comfortable when he's playing badly. He's annoying. He's not doing anything for you defensively. He can't seem to do. He can't seem to do anything attacking wise, and he's just so comfortable. And ah, uh, and then body language is like, and. I don't want to bring this up because it's not about it's not football or anything because this is a football show. But he's doing so well outside of football. We've had a lot of things he's doing for them in England. But he, if he's playing football badly, I'm going to hit him. I don't care if he's doing all those things, to be honest. Because and and it's down to the coach as far as I'm concerned. Because Mourinho put that kind of mindset in him that okay, even if he's not going well, you have to defend. That's the coach. But him on that source, yeah, you'll see he's no more doing that. When when he's going badly, then yeah, that's just it for him. He can't find another way to help the team, and he's bad. That's the coach. 100%. That's good. 
I, I would always stand by my word and say the coach is the issue for them because that team, on a good day, on paper, my United has a very strong team, a team of incredible players that can work well. When I saw Van de Beek come in this um, summer, I was thinking, how how does this man want to do it? Because if you look at the team that started um, the first game against Crystal Palace, it, the only change was um, Matic coming in, no, sorry, McTominay coming in, Consumenza coming in, and Daniel James. I just felt he wanted to do something different from what he was doing. You know, it, towards the end of last game, no matter the opponents, no matter the tactics, he played the same team. I'm not saying it's bad, but a, uh, too much repetition was like getting too much. But when this league started, the first game is tried something different. I knew it was not going to work because it did not have a game plan. I watched that game and you look at people just running around, world-class players just going around, strolling, doing nothing. Ole doesn't have an imposing character. He does not have a very enforcing, enforcing style. And naturally, as a coach, he doesn't even have anything. Not, not a, a, a standard coach would be able to fill the midfield of Pogba, Bruno and, and um and um, Van de Beek, a standard coach that knows how to man talk to his team, how to make up tactics for his team to play and follow them like judiciously. A normal standard coach should be able to do that, but Ole Ole isn't. Ole isn't. It shows it's showing on the players. It's showing because the 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 their body language is just not it's not good enough. Honestly, it isn't at all. Okay, yeah. Um, you were here, but that was that's exactly exactly what we were saying. Like one hundred percent, it's all on the coach. At some point, Man United have to look at the coach. And I said this some time ago. I'm beginning to think that the reason why they don't want to spend is because they don't believe in this coach. Because if he's a coach that you believe in, you go out and spend. Frank Lampard has been a coach for two years. This is his third year as a coach, and you can see the amount of money that Chelsea. Are willing to spend because they feel that this is the man that can take them to the next step. Manchester United, on the other hand, have signed a player that their coach cannot find a way to put into the team. And then the central talk is just talk. I mean, you hear talks about them doing it with a third party and not actually directly with the club. Is like at some point you have to you have to know that this club don't really trust this man. They are just trying to see how well can he can he play with these pieces that they have, so they can know whether they can in the future rely on him and give him the money that 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 they obviously have for them to to go forward and and that's that's where we're going to leave um, the Manchester United story and that are going to of course go over to Chelsea who like I said spent a lot of money this summer we're talking Hakim Ziyech, Thibaut Werner, Kai Havertz, Thiago Silva, I mean um, Ben Chilwell, who am I forgetting? Malangsa and the new goalkeeper that is expected to take over from Kepa. Now, um, obviously, Chelsea have played two games. And the game against Brighton, they won 3-1. But the performance is not really what uh, anybody expected. We expected to see a lot of flashy football, obviously, with Timo Werner, the amount of goals he scored, and Kai Havertz and the amount of goals he scored. But this Chelsea team have been plagued with injuries. And against Liverpool, it was pretty much the same thing. It wasn't really what we expected to see. So I'm going to let David start. If yeah, David, yeah, you're yeah. still there, yes? Okay, so um, Chelsea, generally, I think, have failed to impress, but should we be bothered after no, two weeks? No, no, no. Not at all. 100%. The, there, wasn't a, there wasn't an actual season, and um, there isn't, like... Enough, um, how do I put it now? Enough of the players they got are not available yet due to injury and all that. So they still need, they still need, need time and they need, they, need, they need to play together more and all that. Uh, and I think currently they don't, they don't even have about half of the signings. They don't have Thiago, they don't have um, Pulisic, they don't have Ziyech, they don't have... I can't remember a lot. Anyway, so they are still basically playing with the same team of last season. So just two weeks should not should not should not be an issue. They have um, Kai Avertz playing out of position, 
playing as a winger in the first game, the second game he played as a false nine. He had the red card, so it's still, 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 yeah. still very, very, very big. But my issue is, I know that team. On if you watch the Brighton game, Chelsea did not play well. They didn't play so well, mm. but they won because naturally that team is good enough to produce results, even on a very good day, just on their own, they can produce results. But my issue is, I, I still think, I've not seen enough from Lampard to say is, is, is good enough to take that team forward. You get, because I feel the players are bigger than him. When everybody's back now, when ZH is back, when Pulisic is back, when we have Kai in the team, we have Werner, you have um, Kante playing for you, you have Thiago Silva, you have Chilwell with you, you have this um, Eduardo Mendy, Eduardo Mendy that came in for Kepa. You have them now, and 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 they don't perform up to standard. Then you, you you have to start questioning. Then now you can't really question because they they are not they are not all here yet. But when they come and you see this issue, then you have to question. My main issue with Chelsea is just the coach. This guy is the limit for that team because they got crazy deals, crazy players. I don't know how. I don't know what they told the players to come and play under Lampard. So is it that Lampard is actually that good or they use jazz? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um actually this Lampard uh, part of the discussion is something I've not really looked at a lot. And to be honest, I, I think I disagree. He did really well with them last year. But to your point, it was the players that maybe feel indebted to him, like Tammy Abraham would never have gotten a chance to play for Chelsea. If not, they are, if they didn't have a ban and if it was maybe Lampard, probably the same thing for Mason Mount and all the players that you saw him bring into the team. So last year, he had maybe a level of control over the staff, the staff, quote-unquote, staff players. Well, the players they brought in this year are, are relatively young. I mean, ZS is maybe 26, 27, but Thibaut Wena is 25, um, Kayavis is 21. So I, I think he should have at least a level of control over the entire team. I think he's a strong enough character to command respect to that team. He has won everything winnable um, as a footballer except for maybe the World Cup with England. But he is a very successful um, player. So I think he could not have respect. I think for me, the major problem has, has been since they don't have Pulisic and CH, he's trying to like find ways to fit in missing mounts into the team. Like, yeah. why did... Okay, maybe he's trying to... He was trying to test out um, Loftus-Cheek against Brighton and Hove Albion. But um, you can hear it from me now. Loftus-Cheek is not starting a game for Chelsea yeah. again. As a matter of fact, maybe by next week, you see him get a little bit more in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's something I don't like, understand about Lopez. I like the hype around the guy before he came back from his injury was like he exactly. was in Ronaldo or in Messi. Then he came and that, just 100% performed. Like... I've never <laughs> seen such a performance in my whole life. Yes, and I know. I think in one of our shows, I asked us what he thought about Lopez's chick, or was he back in one of the two? I think it was Lopez's chick because I still don't understand why they think he's a good player. Like, nobody really has really seen Loftus-Cheek play like five, six straight games. Really, really good games in the Premier League. So, I don't know why everybody feels like he has a high ceiling. But before I toss it over to Asita, I, I also said this. If he's going to start Timo Werner on the left, he has to start a striker as a number nine. You can look at whether it's Arsenal or Leipzig when Timo Werner was there. If you're going to start Aubameyang on the left, you need a number nine to be up there. Because it, it makes no sense having your number one goal threat on the left and then the person that is now playing your number nine is not doing number nine things. That's no knock, obviously, on Kai Havertz because he was just thrown into a position I think he can play. But based on this is a new league and a new system, I think if he's going to start Timo Werner on the left, then he should start a striker. Because even at Leipzig, when they started Timo Werner on the left, they had Patrick Schick to play as the top nine. And you're seeing it with Arsenal, is Aubameyang on the left, Lacazette or Eddie up front. So, Asusa, what do you think um, this Chelsea team looks like over the past two weeks and whether we should well, be bothered? I don't think we should be bothered just, just yet. You know? Some, you know, we... Or rather, Chelsea 
signed a lot or you know they spent a lot of money this window and they got some big names to the club but not all the big names are available and you know when you get thrown into a new team a new league you, some people are able to hit the ground running immediately but some people need time Kai and Timo that we have on ground now they are quality players but they just need a bit more time to gel with the squad and to understand the way the club plays and currently, the way they have fielded their team these past few games, they have been because most times, if you when they are out of possession, Kai is usually the highest person on the pitch. Timo is coming from the left, which I don't know why. Because why? Because if you are starting Timo on the left, then definitely you start Giroud or Tammy. But if you want to use Timo that way, I rather I prefer that you start Giroud. But aside from that, Chiwell is injured or is back in training, so soon he'll be in the squad. Mendy is not; they have not finalized it yet, but I think he's doing medical. So you know, I think Lampard can do it because he has shown us that even with young young boys, he was able to take the team to the top four spots. Even with all the lack of defense, with all the leaks, with all the holes, I was able to keep them up there. And, and I think that if everybody is back, when you have police, you have ZH back in the squad, then Kai will be able to drop down to a more recognizable role, you know, in the midfield, you know, as maybe behind. The striker. So I think that when every when everybody is up and running, I think team we just you know they're playing at 50, 60 percent right now. So when they hit 90, 100 percent, then I think everything should start moving smoothly. Mm. Yeah, I think I have it this time obviously. Um, but Timo, when I think I have been very impressed with just work rate, um, his movement of yeah, the ball, his movement with the ball, he looks like he's going to be a very very good player in the league. But I want to ask you about. Yeah, I want to ask you, as well, back to you about Missy Mount. Like, what is the what is the feel around Chelsea about what Missy Mount can be or is right now? Is he somebody that, like, like? What do you think about him as a player? The way the thing is now, it's not first material. It's somebody that should be coming off the bench. Understand that you know Lampard has a strong relationship with him. You know, it was with him at Derby from the start of his career, so they have had a lot of they have had a lot of. Or a relationship, you know. I don't know if there's anything more to that, but yeah. So he has mm-hmm. more true. Yeah, relationship. For him, last season, he did not really have anybody to do that role. He's got a couple of goals. He's he's good with his feet, actually. So I think now, shall with the injuries, he's just trying to, you know, he doesn't really have a choice. He has to feel them right now. But I believe. I believe it's when everybody's ready and it's still starting mad. That's when I will say, okay, there's something is wrong. It's when everybody's up and running and it's still starting mad. Mount should not be starting anymore if everybody's. But I think he should still be in the team. He's a really solid player, but not to be starting. Yeah, and just another um, compare. Um player here. Rhys James, obviously, I think he's, he's, a, he's going to be a good player. But as Piquetta is fit, I mean, why, why isn't he started? Is it age or is, he, is it Lampard moving on from Aspiqueta? I think Aspiqueta now, you know, he's, I think he had a knock. But right now, he's not full. He's not back to full match fitness. And, you know, Aspiqueta, you know, gradually for Rhys James okay. to actually reach the Sky or the ceiling is supposed to reach. It's supposed, it's, it has to start getting more match time. And Spilicueta has been the one mentioning him. And Spilicueta is getting to yeah. be, you know, like that. You know, at you know, as a wing back, you need pace and you need you know to be very fit. And the first two games, let's say Brighton, they have mm. PC people in Mopay Trossard. So maybe Aspi was not ready for that. And you know, in Liverpool, Mane Salah. You know, if you are not hundred percent. Can't face any of yeah. Liverpool. So I believe that you know, when like more games now, Aspi should be starting. Or even if Rist 
still starting school. I have no problem, but since I suppose I speak more sharp, I believe we'll take a spot back. Yeah, um, if Riz is starting, I have a problem because I speak better as on my fantasy team. But we <laughs> we are now going to we are now going to move on to Arsenal, who are flying um, this is a one two out of two, very impressive against Fulham and West Ham again, very good, very good play all round. I think. What impressed me the most about that West Ham game, I, it got to a point where I thought, okay, this game is going to end 1-1. I think Arsenal of last season, my, that game might have finished 1-1. But they kept on pushing it, forcing the issue, and eventually the goal came. Uh, we have our Arsenal expert here. So he's going to be last before he says something. He's going to regret. So, Esosa, what, what, what do you think about this Arsenal team? How well do you oh, think yeah, they can really do this season? Arsenal, actually. Yeah. It's very nice the job that has done so far. You know, winning the FA Cup, winning the um, Community Shield. You know, now that uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> not I, the title. That's no easy feat, obviously. <laughs> so I, I think it's a title. And you know, now that silverware are hard to come back, <laughs> take anyone you can get. And to the fact that they have to beat the champions okay. and previous champions of Europe is that's it's a good one. But this season so far, they were really dominant against Fulham. Very powerful. From that performance I felt that uh, they were going to, you know, destroy mm. every, you know, that kind of bottom side team. No disrespect to Fulham. But when that West Ham game came, I know that West Ham personally I feel that they won't do so well this season. I felt Arsenal, my own prediction for that match was Arsenal to the same result with Fulham 3, 3 goals to nil. But when the game started, they started well. You know, they scored an early goal, I think, in the first 10 or 20 minutes. Lacazette scored. But after that, Arsenal just seemed to drop off like the way we knew them to perform. Because even when Antonio equalized, I felt they were comfortable with the 1 0 because I know close to the end, I think I was bringing in Daniel or someone, a defensive player, shot from. An attacking player, something like that. Actually, I, I think he wanted to still defend the the draw and you know get away with the results. Because West Ham, they had a nice chances. They hit the, um, the post like once or twice. So, but so far, so far so good. They have William, and he got a couple of assists in the first game. He was not so visible in the second game, but that happens. But I believe that Arsenal will. Will really fight for a top four spot this season. Okay, yeah, that's that's all good stuff. And before I <clears throat> send it over to David, what you mentioned about defending, I think that's just maybe Ateta's blueprint on how to build this team. There was a tweet from I think it was Jim Begley, you know, one of these commentators on Twitter. I'm just paraphrasing. He said last season or under Unai Emery. He sort of set up the team at first, like they could beat anybody. And then when he started failing, like he, he panicked. He didn't know what to do. But Ateta, since he came in, it's obvious that he, he tried to make the team a better defensive team. It's just obvious from what he's doing. He's keeping them very strong in the back. And then that transition is very, very important. So it's, it's, obvious, it's obvious that Ateta wants to make his team very strong defensively. But that's what the problem is. And then they can build up from there. So, David, what do you think about um, your beloved Arsenal and how they played over the past two weeks? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, I've, I've, I've been happy right from the moment um, Ateta started his work at Arsenal because no matter what happens, you see Arsenal performing, you see passion, you see art, you see players giving it 101%. And seeing that as an Arsenal fan that has been suffering for years now, since I've been of age watching Arsenal, I've been suffering. And I can only I can see now that this is my time to enjoy. <laughs> so the hopes for this season, uh, um, Arsenal should compete for the top four finish the way they are. But I think the West Ham game, the Fulham was a was a Passover because probably we outpowered them player to player. But the West Ham was a reality check because we needed something. We needed something extra. We were when 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 Arsenal scored the first goal, fine, and um, West Ham equalized. That was when we needed this different thing. We kept on playing sideways passes, backward passes, and it was just 
Ah, it was a drag, a drag, a drag. Arsenal of old would have either lost that game by like a two-goal margin or just drawn it at, at most if they were even lucky enough. Or uh, you see, you see Ateta coming now and you see us fighting to win games like clutch moments. But that game gave us a reality check that we need something else. We need something else in that midfield. I think our defence now has been very improved with our hybrid formation we try to implement now. Differentiate while defending. That is a very genius move by Ateta and it has really, really been helping us to the still a very big. See, because currently now, the best midfielders we have, like, that have to play week in, week out are Ceballos and Jaka, and I don't think they are the perfect blend for me. Sometimes Jaka can be very incredible, but when it's very when it's bad, is something else. It's just an eyesore to watch. You just get irritated watching him. Ceballos is fun, but the the final pass, the decision making at the final to make to make like. The eye of the needle passes. It doesn't have that. So we need someone that does that, someone that makes the run, someone that can create something out of nothing. We go William, but in the game against West Ham, William was kind of uh, sluggish, probably. But I, I, I see, I see us going forward. But we need to, we need to get either party or Awa. And I see that we're trying to make efforts to get that. And something I will also want to point out is the treatment of Mesut Ozil. Mesut Ozil is, 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 is <laughs> and whether they like it or not, he came in and he changed the history of Arsenal Football Club. And the treatment is getting now is just so, so stubborn and depressing. Uh, he's been taken to the point where he trains with the under-23 team and the, the, the management are trying to just push him out by all means. I mean, you give this man the 350k um, wage yourself. He did not force you. You gave him yourself. So why is it Why is it now you're realizing your mistake and he's suffering for it? When Ateta first came in, Mesut Ozil played all the games, about 10 games or so, till the coronavirus, it was real hard, and we had to go. But since we came back, he has only played one game, and the one game he played was in a friendly against, I can't remember the team, and, 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 and that is very sad. We need, I'm not saying he should start every game, I know he's old, I know he's old, and he's, he's, he's not, um, um, genetically, he's not very strong, he's not a very strong type. But it still provides something for the team. You know, I'm <laughs> lobbying for Mesut Ozil here. Yeah. I tell you, if you can hear me, please, please, Mesut. I love him personally as a player. I love him, but I don't like this treatment. It's just, if it was, if it was, we don't need this guy, fine. I would be fine with it, but we clearly don't need him. Generally, Arsenal is in places. Thank you and prepare for the future because Arsenal Football Club is going to the skies. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was actually very good. All good stuff. I have a paper here. Can you prepare it, Wesley? On the paper, on the paper, I was going to, I, I, I wrote down, ask David what is next <laughs> for Bessitose. <laughs> and I didn't even have to ask you before. <laughs> Before he's there ranting about Mestose, I think I think he's gonna cry now. I can, I can hear some sniffles. Um, um I, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to like respond to the talks about Arsenal midfield. Obviously, it's not it's not the best. It's not it's not what you would want it to be. But it for me, it's the only way it can be based on the formation that I'm playing, and that's that's probably the only reason why I think um, Arsenal might not. I, I don't want to like. How consistently can they play this formation? If they eventually get um, the guy from Lyon, Abi Massey, or Rao Abi, I don't think I don't think they keep on playing this hybrid three four three um, switching up and down because the whole the whole aim of doing it is to find um, a sort of an, an advantage. When you're the lesser team, we see we see Leipzig do it I, against PSG. Leipzig started off like that, and when they saw it was not working, they just had to flat out change it, go to a straight four at the back some sometime in the second half. So it's like 
Atleta obviously knows that the team might not be good enough to, to play Liverpool or Man City, which is not which is not a bad thing. It's actually the truth. They are not they are not at that point yet. So he's looking for advantages. He's trying to sort of manipulate the numbers to his advantage. He has pushed Aubameyang to the left. That way, he makes more runs directly at goal as against turning his back to goal and doing a lot of dirty, unnecessary things. So, if they are going to continue playing this hybrid formation, which they are having a lot of success with then you have to deal with the fact that the two midfielders in the middle are going to be defensive ones. I and mean, we are going to talk about, obviously, the build-up to Arsenal and Liverpool game. But I don't... I, I, Sebalos might not start that game because they, they, might, they might opt for a more defensive formation. So you, you might see Onyeni coming to that game just to give them that kind of solid shape. So Arsenal midfield, or eventually, I think Arsenal will try to change to a forward-back system and play a little more fluid football. Because now they have the players. Gabriel looks very good, uh, obviously. Um, William Saliba, we've not seen him much yet. I, I like Rob Holding a lot, actually. I'm actually surprised. The guy looks very solid. Tien is naturally a left-back, and Bellerin can still do a lot of things that we saw him do years ago. So they can play back for com- comfortably. The problem has always been that number 10 position where Mesut Ozil plays is who is going to give you that last extra pass. So right now, they can't find anyone. And he's trying to work his way around it and also like sort of keep the defense together at the same time. And he's really doing a good job. So, I mean, you have to, you can't eat your cake and have it. So if you want us now to keep on playing well, then you have to deal with Jaka and um, Dadai or Noni playing in midfield once in a while. So, yeah. But the, <laughs> And there's a player I also want to ask about, and I, I'm a little bit bothered because last year, Arsenal spent a lot of money on Nicolas Pepe. I don't think he starts a lot this season, to be honest. I mean, we know Europa is coming, and I want us to just like maybe have a little talk about this before um, David goes. But we know Europa is coming, so the games are coming out of us, obviously. He's going to have time. But William looks very good against Fulham, and I think he'll be preferred over Nicolas Pepe. And we know that Ateta is high on Saka. Obviously, Saka can play left fullback, he can play left wing, he can play right wing. So, like, where does Nicolas Pepe come into this? Because it's a whole lot of money to live on the bench. Um, um, I'm a big fan of Nicolas Pepe. I'm, I'm just a little bit surprised he's not performing more, but, you know, it happens now. It's just been one season, uh, not to be too judgmental about the... Demand. I'm a very big fan of Pepe, but now that William has come into the team and the way William is performing, you know that first that first game against Fulham, the way he performed, you can't say okay, this guy will not be starting for us. But if if Pepe comes up with them and puts in a good performance, then maybe there's competition for that spot for who starts and who plays in Europa. But at the moment, Pepe is not in that competition. So I think William will be starting for now. But it's sad that you pay that sort of money and, you know, it does not work out. But, you know, it happens a lot in, you know, you have seen it in Kepa, I've seen it in Maguire. <laughs> we spend a lot of money. <laughs> I don't feel people happening. Oh. I just feel he needs more time to gel because it's a fantastic play. When he, when he does it, when he, when he scores, when he gives that Nice pass. He looks fantastic. He's, he has the speed. He's, he's a nice player. And William is already getting old, so I don't think William will even play for that long at this level or this consistency. So let's see what happens. True, true. Yeah, so um, Dave, over to you. Nicolas, okay, Pepe situation. Um, what do you think? You said it already. The, the issue with us now, uh, the, issue has, the, issue, the issue has always been defense. So you see, the reason why Pepe hasn't as like hasn't really got in his ground yet is just basically his defensive problems. Like he's not really that good of a defender. Not like he doesn't defend, but he's not really that good. Look at if you look at the system we play, you need every single person. We play a three-four-three, and the 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 guy on the wing is not like a full-out winger that just. Goes always goes wide and tries to do something from the ring. But Pepe is that kind of guy. He likes to hold the ball, play with the ball, likes to stay forward, likes to go running and like run off the the striker. I mean, 
and like form like a second strike or something. But as you know, at this point, our focus in Ateta is focusing on defense. So I feel that is why Pepe is not starting yet. And if standard 4 3 3, 4 2 3 1, Pepe starts all day, every day. So the issue now, there's no problem with Pepe. The issue just now is just us to fix up our defense and to move forward from there. And Pepe plays constantly. We're going to stick with us now because they have a major game on Monday against Liverpool and, of course, Thiago oh, Orgasmic oh Alcantara God. is going to probably going to probably going to start. Um, Asusa, like, what do you expect from this game? Arsenal away to Liverpool. Asusa. Okay, I, I I think I think he's not there. Okay, well, David, is, yeah. do you go? We can hear me. Asusa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hear me. Yes, yes, yes. I said. Can I hear you, I can said, hear what? Me. Yes, yes, I can hear you. Mm. I said. I said. What's your take? What do you think the game is going to be like? Arsenal at Liverpool. It will be a very, it will be, it be a very nice watch. At least Arsenal's first real test. Aside from, you know, they already beat, they already beat Liverpool this season. Shall community shield, but I, you know, that's the first game of this season, so you can't really see. But now that you know, everybody's up and running, it will be, very, it will be a very tough to watch. But I don't think whether it's not a hybrid or they come from space or anything that we can do. Yeah, is a very important member. You know, yeah, I... in, you know, in the last in the last game against um, West Ham, they played Saka. You know, you know, three for three. Days. Saka was the left midfielder. Left wing, left wing back. Left wing back. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how good defensively Saka is. I know he has played left back before. I know he has played left back mm. before. But if he's playing against a top side like in Liverpool now, I think he will be exposed with Salah. Honestly, so I don't know if he starts or Metana starts, but it will be very nice what I can wait for the game. Yeah, I think obviously Mitle now starts at left wing back, considering he did a very good job um, against um, Salah in that. Um, it was even that friendly they played that they gave them cup. I think it's community. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, but. Uh, but David, what, what's, your, what's your take on the game? What do you think? Personally, I'm going like? to watch that game to just enjoy it, go and counter, do crazy things and like do magic. Yeah, because the guy uh, is something else. So that, that will be my highlight. I don't even care if we win. I don't see us winning. I don't know why. I think we could do something, but I don't see us winning. Mm-hmm. Probably a draw because there's a whole lot at stake now because this one is the league. Not the community shield, the cup, a trophy that people work for and got with efforts and you know. So uh, it's a bit of a fun game. I met Lana starting against West Ham. I was Saka was I felt I felt the difference on that left side. Kenny wasn't playing first of all, then Midlana was wasn't there also. The the difference is so much. Like the difference in their performance is so much when these people are not there. And it's yeah, it's just yeah. So when those guys come back, I I think Tiani should be back. He should be back during the week, and he should be able to play. We have a game today, and let's see who starts. And that should give us like an idea of who is going to start on Monday. I think we'll play on Monday. But it should be a fun game. Fun game. I expect natural as now. Doing the transition shits, reforming hybrid guys like they're vampires and werewolves. But let's see if that works for them again. And they beat Liverpool again for the third time again. But yeah, yeah, it should be it should be a very fun game. It 
It should be a very fun game. Very fun game to watch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, a really nice game too. They should abandon the transition in because I, I don't know whether you want to continue that passing at the back when Manny and Firmino and Salah are pressing you high up the pitch. But it has worked for them a lot, so so maybe they keep it. So obviously, Mister now starts at left wing back if he's fit. Um, Tierney is going to be the problem, and, to, and Tierney is not even the centre back, but he has played so very well in that position for them there. So yeah, there's that. And we're going to move on now to the last segment of the show today, which is projecting our top four teams for the English Premier League come the end of the season. So I will go first, obviously, because it's going to be the only one that is going to be correct. I have Manchester City going on a revenge tour this season. They're going to destroy teams, both in the Premier League and the Champions League. Uh, Manchester City finished first. I, I did this before, obviously. We had that... Um, one where we did before in the pictures and I had Chelsea second but now Chelsea looks like a team that is going to be doing what a lot of small teams say which is um, believe the process or trust the process so Chelsea is not finishing second Liverpool is going Chelsea, Liverpool is going to finish second Chelsea I think I see them finishing third and fourth obviously is going to go to Jose Mourinho and Sports who has Garrett Bill now, Harry Kane, Son. The team looks very good, obviously. Bergwijn coming off the bench and then bald-headed Lucas Moura. David, what's your top four for... <laughs> what's your top four for... Yeah, uh, um, top I four still for think Grand. it's Man City coming first. I think Guardiola has to do it now. I don't think he needs to win it. He doesn't need to prove anything, but Guardiola is a very proud person. He get that Confess. Liverpool with Thiago is enough for them to come second like easily now. That guy, I don't know. It's not like he's going to score, but I just feel like he's just going to give them the league. <laughs> but I'll just give them second. I'll give them second. So I don't see Chelsea being in the, in the no, I don't know. I don't see Chelsea being third, but I, I feel it's a very tricky one. Uh, how do I do this now? Mm. Man is nowhere to be found, obviously. Um, I see... I see... I'm going with Manchester City first, Liverpool second, Chelsea third, Arsenal fourth. Oh, Arsenal against Spurs, Everton, Wolves, Manchester United, the great Manchester United, Newcastle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, that's what's up. <laughs> What's your projected top four for the Premier League? Oh wow, I see. So I'm a man on an island, yeah. Do this for me, Gary Bill, wherever you are. Do this for me. But now might have success outside uh, the Premier League, but not in the not just even even when you add Bill to that team, I know he's a very good player on his own, but they are not you don't see any tactics. It's just I feel they just brought out that all or nothing documentary to just feel like oh maybe people will have hope. Ah. <laughs> no, in that um, in that um, sports game against uh, Southampton, what did you actually did you feel that that was part of Moreno's game plan? Oh, it, it was just personal brilliance. Just. Personal because Kane is like Kane already his head already knows where someone is, so he's just doing it like reflex. How do you assist someone's four goals? Come on. How do you do? So okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, okay, so what I'm getting from all this negative vibe from my <laughs> beloved Tottenham Hotspur is that Jose Mo- No no they they will probably score, but when it comes to facing teams that 
built up very well physically. Because that's he will fail when, when he was when he won the league at Chelsea. Did. You know, he has so much players now, and it's, I don't know what he's going to do. He has so much players at his disposal, and I feel that would be his biggest problem. He would, he would, he would probably lose the dressing room because people would not want to start. Like people will not be starting. I mean, they won't be starting them, and it will be very chaotic. He has so much, and he's still bringing in, and he's still performing poorly. So I think he's going to probably, uh, uh, he, uh, he, he, he might finish in the top six. Gareth is going to be the EPL player of the season this year and he's going to rocket me from last of my fantasy. Yeah, that, 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 that is if he stops playing golf and faces football now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that closes the curtain for this week's show. Oh. Wonderful show today. Yeah. Um, lovely having the both of you. Um, hopefully, we'll do this again after the next round of games for sure. We'll find a way to to make that work. Um, so yeah, from this side of the world, bye bye. Good bye. Yeah. Oh, score prediction. Oh, yeah. As now, very strong defensively, but 4 0 in Liverpool. No, 4 Wow. I see as now scoring. So I see Liverpool 3, yeah. as now 1. Yeah, yeah, okay. So 3 1. Uh, 3 1. Okay. I- I'm going to be as obscure as ever. Hmm? I think as now win that game, 2 goes to 1. Yeah, you know, at this point of this Arsenal generation and timeline, that doesn't sound too impossible anymore. If it was then, uh, I would, yeah, like, I would like, obviously, obviously, Aubameyang at the, uh, the left wing is going to be an issue, and, and Trent goes forward a lot, so that there's going to be acres of space, and there's going to be a lot of overload on that left flank because there's no Trent, yeah, 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 no, sir. So We'll see how it goes, but Arsenal 2 1, hot take, write it down. And for the second time, seconded. I'm closing the cut today. Seconded, okay, close for <laughs> this. Or this or... Hopefully. Okay, no. Peace oh. out is a good thing. Peace off is a bad thing. So, yeah, right. peace out. Yeah, yeah. peace out, boys. Yeah.